On Monday, August 8th, Tall Can Audio hits 1,000 episodes. Wait, that's still on? Who could possibly still care? And the gang is all here to celebrate. It's euphoric. It's got to be close to Nirvana. It's outstanding. For the first time ever, Maddie, Michaela, Rob, and Matt are all live in studio together. It's happening, you guys! It's happening! Oh my god! Oh my god! I wish you all were here! Is this likely to go well? Just check my notes here. No! At least it will make a lot of noise. Boom. Here comes the boom. A thousand pods and a thousand pints. I don't think I've ever been as proud in my entire life. TCA 1000 drops Monday, August 8th, wherever you find low-quality podcasts. Fuck, it's out of control. Shit. It's not a personal, it's just a corpse. It's just a corpse in front of me that I need to just dissect and rip through. Remember when I bounced his head off the canvas like a basketball? I was shocked him to his car. It was an electric bolt going through his entire body, so I look forward to doing that again. I'm not sure what the f*** this is. I'm about to find out. This is Talk and Audio. What's happening, everybody? Welcome inside an all-new episode of the Tall Can Audio Podcast. Matt Robinson here with you in our studio in beautiful Bytown, Canada. We are on Twitter and Instagram at Tall Can Audio, and I hope you'll subscribe wherever you're listening right now. Uh, it is fight week, and when that is the case, we always turn to the same two guys uh, to talk a little bit about the UFC and a little bit about what's going on. Uh, Steve Bunda's back. How are you doing tonight, man? I'm awesome, Matty. How you doing tonight? No complaints whatsoever. And Graham Creech is here. What What are you saying tonight? Ah, doing doing well. Happy to be uh, with you two, breaking this one down again. I always I always love the big UFC events. Honestly, and and that's one of the things we'll get into. Um, I'll be interested to get your your opinions on you know the hype versus the card, especially on a or the hype versus the actual uh, merit when it comes to uh, a Conor McGregor card. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, should mention, we always start in the same place. Uh, it, it kind of seemed like Bunda was doing a bit of a Santa Claus run here today, uh, dropping beers off to all the good little boys and girls. I've got something here from, uh, beyond the pale that, uh, I'll get to in a second. Why don't you guys start though? Bunda, what do you got going on tonight for, uh, for something to sip on? Uh, well, I actually have myself a, a nice zigzag. Uh, from Stalwart Brewing in nice. Carlton Place, uh, Zigzag, the strong beer. Wonder where I got that one from, Matty. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I got that going with my straight out glass, uh, so uh, I'm going to experience some of that. Uh, I've been out to Stalwart a couple, uh, I think it was last year, and they've got uh, quite the amount of uh, beer as well. That's pretty good, and uh, it's been a while since I've been out there, so appreciate uh, being able to enjoy this one tonight. Yeah, um, I don't think I'd ever tried any of their stuff until the pandemic started. And then once they were, uh, all the breweries started doing deliveries, that was the first one that I jumped, uh, jumped on. And, um, man, I've been back a couple of times since, cause they make some nice stuff. What about you, Creech? Yeah, I got, uh, the Bunda Claus as well. I got Weatherhead Autopilot Double IPA. I've never had anything from, uh, Weatherhead before. Uh, I'm actually planning to go to Perth in, uh, in the near future. So I was going to make a trip myself, but, Bunda surprised me with uh, double IPA uh, today, and that's what I'm drinking this evening. Uh, well, when he what he left in my stocking here was a couple options from Beyond the Pale, and uh, I got the Rye Guy IPA. Now, I really like um, Beyond the Pale. I've tried a few of their things, and uh, not too long, a couple months ago, did an order from there. Um, they were sold out of this one, so I didn't have a chance to try it. So this is uh, 6.3%, I think it says here. Uh, comes highly recommended from the Bunda Claus. So I got the uh, the Rye Guy IPA going um, from Beyond the Pale. Um, why don't we just start where we always do here and just kind of on a scale of, of sort of 1 to 10 or just sort of, you know, Conor McGregor as a headliner is still every bit as big, it seems, as he's always been. There's some question as to whether his skills still warrant that kind of, uh, that kind of hype or, um, you know, around a card. I wonder where your excitement level is for this card. And, and if it is high, is it something beyond the main event or just sort of what are your thoughts on this one? Why don't we start with you here, Creech? I'm, I'm actually really pumped for this. And I, I think it's because... I've been rooting against Connor a little bit lately, like uh, against Habib. I was, I was uh, rooting against him, and in the last fight against Dustin Poirier, I was also rooting against him. 
but now I, I think I'm rooting for him because if he loses another fight here, he's almost irrelevant. Like, yeah, I, I, in terms of fighting, like he's almost at that spot where I just don't care anymore. So I'm hoping when they do the press conferences and stuff that he's talking smack and and he's like the 2015 Conor McGregor. Um, so I'm I'm kind of rooting for him because I, I kind of miss that. And and although I was rooting against him before. If he loses this one, I don't know. I, I won't care at all anymore. So uh, I think I'm pulling for Connor. It, it feels like he might have been humbled a little bit, which kind of sucks because one of the ways he sells his fight it fights is being anything but humble. So you're right. We'll see at the press conferences what this uh, looks like. What about you, Bunda? Yeah, I, I'm I'm huge uh, into this one. I, I'm excited. Uh, a lot of it with Connor, but uh, more of it as well with. Uh, uh, a guy that I'm, I'm very high on now. He's he's starting to come up a bit, but uh, Sugar Sean O'Malley. He's on the on the on the main card as well, and mm-hmm. he's had a couple big fights and some classic knockouts. Um, kind of a, a cocky kid as well, but uh, just likes to back it up. And um, you know, he's supposed to fight someone, and his fighter uh, broke. Uh, well, I guess ended up not being able to compete, and Louis Smoka. So. He's out. He's got a new opponent who's making a UFC debut uh, on short notice. So interested to see that, but just always love when he's in there. Uh, but also to Creech's point about Connor, just, you know, excited to see how he respawns uh, from this one. Uh, you know, we've seen him uh, just be an absolute monster, but then uh, since 2016, he's, he's two and one, he's one win, two losses. Yeah. And, I, I don't know if he'll ever be irrelevant, but in terms of UFC, it's it, it's true. He won't. He's not going to be that same guy anymore. That's going to be at the top where he deserves title shots. He's he's always going to have his name, but he's going to have a lot of the track record to him. And I think the biggest reason he was, uh, you know, you know, not so relevant for so many years, about four or five years, was because he was always getting trouble out of the octagon. His loss to Habib Nurmagomedov. He had his boxing match with Floyd Mayweather. He beat Donald Cerrone, but then he lost to Dustin Poirier. And it just goes to show if you're not going to be fully committed to the UFC, uh, you come in here and you take your opponents lightly, you're going to get beat up. And Dustin Poirier showed him that last fight. And uh, I'm curious to see how he responds from that and just you know, what he can do here, because uh, if he doesn't get this win, it, I think it's bad for the UFC, but he, I don't think it'll be irrelevant, but man, it's going to be very tough to put him in these big time headlining fights. Yeah. I, I think I'm sort of in that same vein as you guys in, in the, although maybe more, um, I certainly wouldn't shy away from the idea that you guys have a better handle on some of the, um, you know, the, the way the fights, when they get to the ground, things like that. Like I, I'm, I would say I'm more than a casual fan, but I would never call myself an expert on these things. I, I just like good fights, right? So, um, but I so I probably fall more victim to the hype than maybe you guys do. And they Connor sells fights, right? And um, and so I I still remain really interested. Now I really like Dustin Poirier. I, I thought that win for him was huge when they faced each other. What was it? I think in January. Um, and so I I was surprised to see them come back with the trilogy fight so fast, but I think there's a lot to the idea that if he does lose, if Connor does lose this one, um, yeah, it, it pushes him down quite a bit and, and he may be off. Maybe we'll get to this a little, maybe, maybe he'll be fighting Logan Paul next or, or something like that. Um, there's money to be made there. Um, but yeah, that's a fight I'd be rooting for Connor. Right. Sure. <laughs> right. So, um, but I, I think the risk maybe that you run is if you, you go and do almost anything else with the exception, um, of maybe a Diaz fight. If he loses that, you don't even really get to do the Poirier trilogy fight. Because, again, he's, he's just become, again, we'd stop short of irrelevant, but he gets knocked down the, the ladder too far. Like, maybe you almost had to come back with the, the trilogy fight here with Poirier because you run the risk of, of him, you know, the shine coming off him too much if, if he does lose to someone else before you get back to doing this. Uh, any thoughts on that from either of you guys? Yeah, I I agree. I think that this is the the perfect fight for Connor to show where he is. Uh, one in this lightweight division too, but just where he at where he's at in the, his MMA career because you come off that loss where you get knocked out. Like he's he's been submitted by Habib Nurmagomedov. He's been submitted by Nate Diaz. But then uh, you know to get back into the UFC and, and want to kind of compete in that lightweight division as soon as soon as Habib Nurmagomedov retired, and you come out and you get knocked out, and it's like all right. Now it's like, where are you at? And it's like, you know what? I got to get up. I got to go work hard. I got to go train. I got to go and I got to make sure I can win this trilogy fight here against Dustin Poirier. And if not, like you said, maybe he fights another fight against Diaz and 
uh, you know, fights his way back up the ladder again. But you're quite the quite the way down. He's already ranked. Uh, I think he's a fifth ranked lightweight right now. And you got a guy like uh, Justin Gaethje who's sitting there, yeah. hasn't had a fight in a little while. You know, Dariush is right there as well. Michael Chandler. Uh, there's a lot of these guys that are all right there. And, and, and a guy I brought up before in one of the last times we were on, but is the Makachev. Like, there's a lot of these guys that are kind of starting to creep up the rankings. So if he loses this one, you know, Tony Ferguson hasn't had a, lot, a good couple fights. So he needed this fight, I think, as a fighter and just to mentally to be able to understand, like, you got to commit yourself back into this fighting or else, you know what, it's just, you're not cut out for it. Like you said, go fight Logan Paul or whoever it is, because uh, a lot of this is, it has to do with your personality, but also has to do with your mentality of wanting to get back in the octagon and fighting the guy you just lost and kind of humbled you again. Yeah. Uh, Creech, do you buy into the fact that, you know, Bunda kind of referenced there that uh, he hasn't necessarily been focused on the fighting game. He's got a lot of outside projects now, and a lot of them have been pretty successful. Like, he's making good money. He's been splitting focus on other things. That There's that old line, right, from Marvin Hagler, it's real hard to get up and run, go for a run at 6 a.m. when you're sleeping in silk sheets. Um, do you think that, that you know, maybe that, that young, hungry kid that we saw is maybe just gone and... and you know, that's the biggest part of his fire or, you know, can he as an older, more mature guy, if he has refocused, do you think there still is room for him to kind of re-engage and become one of the top guys in the sport again? Yeah, I'm not sure. Like, I, I think I do agree that his focus was probably a little bit elsewhere and good for him, right? Like sure. he set, set up his family for generations. <laughs> yeah. So that uh, hats off to him for that. But in terms of a fighter, I'm sure, yes, that definitely took some of his focus away. Uh, I think to begin with, he he probably needed some more experience and and training when it comes to other aspects of, of the fight game rather than just knocking guys out. Um, so in that sense, even if he beats Dustin Poirier, like I still think there's some some big time players in at lightweight that mm-hmm. that are more well rounded than Connor in, in other areas. But if he were to lose this fight, uh, I, I just I, I can't get up for many options. Like yeah. I get up for a uh, McGregor Diaz fight, sure. of course, but to to keep giving him top rank lightweights when when he hasn't proven anything. Um, since well, because it's not like Diaz is setting the world on fire anymore either, right? Like, like can can you imagine though if he didn't have that final minute um, oh, against <laughs> against Edwards? Like yeah. we we maybe are talking about him in the same kind of light. Yep. And, and then he, he stages that last minute heroics where he almost knocked him out. And now he's, yeah, if that now fights he's another minute longer, again. you know, <laughs> he, he, we may be talking about that very differently. Right. So, um, what about Poirier? Like it to me and, and maybe still kind of on, on both of them. Um, Bunda, I'll give this to you first. It, to me, it seems like if Poirier wins this, He's next in line for a title shot. He'll have done his thing. McGregor may still have to, you know, win another one after that to prove that he's actually back, actually here, or would they just, do you think, run with it? Like, it, to me, it's that simple. Poirier will have earned it. McGregor may still have to show something. Do you agree with that, or you see that differently? No, uh, I, I agree with that. I think we we saw, too, that um, uh, Dustin Poirier turned down the title shot. Uh, he was offered between Mike, uh, I don't know who would have been fully involved in that fight, but it would, I'm pretty sure it would have been Charles Oliveira mm-hmm. versus Dustin Poirier for the lightweight belt. Yeah. Um, and he turned it down for this fight against Conor because for him, you know, there is that rivalry with Conor McGregor there, but also just the idea, he wasn't getting a lot of respect from, uh, you know, Dana White in the UFC. He, he's a guy that does everything so well with uh, his foundations, just, you know, outside the octagon alone. He's, he's just a great dude. He's always been so clutch and he's fought so well. You know, has lost to Habib Nurmagomedov uh, from submission, but then he just kept battling back, and he's always been such a, a respected fighter. You know, his fights against, uh, you know, Max Holloway, he's been right there, but he hasn't gotten his respect. So for him, this is the chip on his shoulder. He wants to bury Conor McGregor. He wants to make him irrelevant. You know, he's he's a well-accomplished fighter. He's a well-rounded fighter. He's one of the toughest guys in the UFC. He's had some of the best fights you ever see. If you just look up a lot of his old fights, his, his fight with Dan Hooker last year yeah. in, in June twenty. 20 was like i don't know how it wasn't if it wasn't fight of the year right it was amazing and and in that sense so i believe for sure he has a title shot next if he if he wins against connor and for connor if he wins this fight i think his next fight would be against uh justin gaethje in a kind of an interim title fight uh we'll see where that goes Uh, i'm not quite sure but it seems like if if connor uh, like justin gaethje has been kind of just handed out uh 
on the crappy end of the stick and not being able to get a fight. And, mm-hmm. you know, he's kind of just waiting there doing nothing. And uh, that would be a great fight to sell between two guys that like to talk, but like yes. to bang in the ring. And I would love to see that fight. But just from everything I've read and I've seen, it, it just looks like Dustin Poirier is that number one contender. And because he was respectful and kind of just said, look, let me finish my thing with Connor and then I'll focus on the title fight. Because before that, he, he was contemplating just walking away for a bit and just, you know, stepping aside out of the UFC. And he, he took the Connor fight for charity. It was supposed to be an exhibition. And then it's like, no, you know what? This will be a UFC fight. We'll, we'll, we'll make a donation. We'll, we'll get it together. He won. He was offered the title fight. And he's like, you know what? Nah, let me finish up Connor and then we'll get to it later and we'll see. He wants more money. A lot of these UFC fighters are starting to talk about wanting more money to be in this limelight. So, yeah, I agree with everything you say there, Matty, and uh, I'm, I'm excited. This is going to be a good one. I, I really believe it. Well, and, you know, Creech, when you talk about setting your family up for life, you know, the, the title fight is one thing, and, and if he wins this, he'll he'll get his chance. But another payday on a Conor McGregor card is, is not a bad thing either, right, uh, in terms of making a little dough. So um, where do you stand on, on the whole thing there with, uh, you know, in terms of who's getting a title fight here next. Yeah, I, um, I at first I hated this idea of of Poirier fighting McGregor uh, right away because in my eyes you knew you knew Herm, Habib Nurmagomedov was was not going to be fighting again. He was going to be retiring. So the, this, the, uh, in my opinion, at the time, the strap should have went to Connor, uh, right, or sorry, not to Connor, to to Dustin right away. Right. So. In that sense, I was like, okay, what's going on? But because Dustin wants to have that payday and he and he doesn't care about the strap, then then that's fine. I'm I'm totally okay with that. Uh, I think I think Connor has an opportunity. If Connor wins, I, I think he has an opportunity to fight for a title again. I think uh, the, the way that the division is right now, I definitely think that's uh, that's a possibility. Unfortunately for Justin Gaethje. Uh, he, he did step in against Habib and, and Habib mopped the floor with him. Yes. So he's he, he's still in the mix, obviously, but I, I don't feel bad for him because of, of what played out there. And he's got to wait his turn and, and he'll get a top dog, whether it ends up being Connor or Dustin or a title shot. He'll get that opportunity soon. And, and, and I'm sure he's just waiting until that happens. So I, I don't mind how everything has ended up playing out. I, I hated it at first, but uh, I'm cool with it now. And like I said, off the top, uh, I, I, I have, I've never wanted Connor to win this bad, probably since the Eddie Alvarez fight, because I, he, like, it's too friendly. Like the lead up with the Dustin Poirier fight, Poirier's giving him his hot sauce and then Connor's giving him his whiskey and they're lovey dovey. And, and yeah. Poirier had admitted that the first time they fought, like he, he believed this hype train and he was scared of all the, the chirping and he got inside his head and, and now it was all friendly and it's, it's, it's a friendly Connor, but now it seems like. That Mystic Mac, that that old Connor's back, and he's talking smack, and he he wants to prove himself. And whether that's he's calling out, uh, he's calling out Usman, so he's calling out lots of people. Sure, so I hope I hope he wins so that he is very relevant. I do agree with that. I think it's good for the sport when Connor McGregor matters, right? When he's in the mix, um, and it it sells cards, it, it it does good business for the UFC. So I think that's. Uh, good. I, I, I do agree. It, it got weird in the last one um, where I, I wonder how much of it was even the fight island environment, right? There's no crowd. There's no one to play for, right? There's no one to be chirping at and, and putting on that show for in terms of the live uh, audience. Uh, now they're going to be back at a jam-packed T-Mobile arena down in Vegas. Um, last time on fight island, Connor's kids are there. Are you kind of stuck in that weird dad mode where you don't want to be as big of an asshole as maybe you would at Again, whether that lends to the the argument of distractions and things like that, but it did change things a little bit. And I wondered if if that element was missing just partly because of the environment. So I think this is going to be interesting to see. Um, I still think Connor's not quite as fiery as he has been in the past, but certainly more than he was before they met back in January. So um, I'll be looking forward to see what that's all about. I want to talk to you guys a little bit about the co-main event, because to me, this one has the chance to be every bit uh, as good. Um, Gilbert Burns is a guy that over the last couple of years has really started to build a name for himself, you know, hit a stumbling block there recently. Um, but getting matched up here with, uh, with Wonder Boy is going to be a fantastic fight. Uh, I'll hand this one to you, Creech, first. Uh, what do you think of the co-main event here? Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it because uh, I, I want to see what Gilbert Burns can do. As you said, uh, leading up to this, he, he was looking incredible. Yeah. And then he ran into Kamaru Usman, who I think is safe to say that he's the pound-for-pound pound greatest right now. And 
and, and you wonder. Yeah, it's a hell of a stumbling happen. block, as I described yeah. it. It's it's the world champ, right? It's <laughs> yeah, but but he looked brutal. Yes. Like he looked brutal in that fight, mm-hmm. and and a lot of people expected him to win. So maybe that was a humbling moment for him. Uh, he, he does have some victories leading up to that over Tyron Woodley, although he's he was definitely on the back line of his career as well, and and Damian Maya, but maybe humbled by Kamaru and. Let's see. I, I love Wonder Boy as a person, so it's weird to want me to see him get his face smashed in. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm kind of hoping that Gilbert Burns looks really impressive because uh, I don't see a, a ton of options for Kamaru right now right. at welterweight. Like he's cleaned it out. Yeah. Bunda? Yeah, uh, no, I agree. I, I'm curious to see one how uh, uh, like Gilbert Burns responds. You, you go back to that fight against Usman in that first round. He shocked him with a good shot. Yep. Like he he wobbled Usman a little bit and then just kind of fell off and didn't take advantage of that and stopped getting aggressive. And that's where we saw uh, Kamar Usman kind of push forward and, and hit him with a good shot and 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 gave him a little of his own medicine. And, and for Dorino, it was a good kind of wake up call. And on the other side of it, I've never been a big wonder, uh, you know, Stephen Thompson fan. Um, but for me, this is a huge fight for him because he needs to beat one of these big time opponents. Yes. You know, he had two losses, uh, you know, against Darren Till and Anthony Pettis, and then he bounced back with a couple of wins uh, against Luke and Neil, but like this is the big fight for him right now. You're going up against a guy that's you know really made a name for himself in the UFC so far, and he's not only that, but he's he's two he's ranked ahead of you. So it's a two versus four here. You know, Leon Edwards is right there, and he's likely going to get that next shot at the welterweight title, even though nobody will really admit that. Right. Uh, but for Stephen Thompson, you need to kind of do this to keep yourself in that top four because Colby Covington is sitting there with Gilbert Burns and Leon Edwards. So he he already beat Vince, uh, Vincent Luke. So, you know, the guy right behind him, there's a lot of guys. There's, you know, talks what's going to happen with, uh, you know, Jorge Masvidal or Michael Shasia. Like, there's a lot going on. So, uh, if you're Stephen Thompson, you need to win because if you don't, you, you kind of just find yourself, you know, dropping probably into that seven, eight range. And then you're like, oh, okay. And you know, there's Bilal Muhammad there. Who's, who's, you know what? He's climbing the ranking yeah. real fast as well. So there's some guys right behind you. And, and that's where these fights get intriguing because for Gilbert Burns to want another title shot and to kind of stay in that top group, you, you have to win. But for Stephen Thompson, Wonder Boy, you know, you're getting another chance and you can't let this one slide. I wonder if you think uh, it's kind of crossed my mind a little. It, it's a bit different, but maybe that Thompson is in a similar situation to Connor, just in the sense that, you know, if you win here, you stay super relevant. You stay right there in the mix. He's getting a little bit older. Um if you lose, though, yeah, you tumble a bit and you're kind of at the back of the line and maybe you don't quite get back. Like, is that a yeah. fair comparison, do you think? Uh, I, 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 go ahead, Grage. I was just going to say, I, I, I see Stephen Thompson as kind of like a a gatekeeper for would, welterweight. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I, I like him and respect him. I think he was unfortunate in the fights against Woodley because of the stylistic matchup. And and just got each guy kind of respecting the other, and 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 everyone thought they were boring, right? Dana Dana White thought they were boring fights, and, and didn't want to see that anymore. And then he has a couple of losses uh, sprinkled in in and some notable wins after that. But you know, I, I just don't see him as a as a maybe I'm maybe I'm disrespecting him and I'm overlooking him. I don't know, but I, I just don't see him as a as a major player at welterweight. Yeah, it, it's tough because, he, like, and you agree, he's in that spot. That four seed is right there as a gatekeeper. So that's why he needs to win this fight in, in order to kind of keep himself in that relevancy. Because mm-hmm. if he if he loses, he just falls right back into that gatekeeping spot. So a win over Gilbert Burns puts him in a spot where, all right, well, maybe give him another fight here against, say, a Leon Edwards or you know Jorge Masvidal, Bilal Muhammad, who one of these other top ranked kind of hungry fighters. And in order before he maybe gets a title shot. So, um, because other than that, like you said, he just looks like a gatekeeper and you kind of got to step away from that spot at, at your own time. And, and this is his time too, because you're, you're getting the number two fighter here, a guy who just had a title fight. Right. Uh, one of the most exciting cards for me on the night or fights on the night for, uh, for me is the heavyweight bout where we're going to bring in the big boys and we're going to see some firecrackers here. It's Craig Hardy versus Ty Tuivasa. Um, man, there's no chance that this thing goes the distance in my mind. I think you're looking at a really exciting first five minutes 
And if it goes much longer than that, it could get pretty ugly. Um, these guys love to throw them, but it's going to be kind of ugly. It's, it, it's, it's not going to be a technical masterpiece, but I think this one has the chance. Um, and I, I have no idea who I'd put my money on, but I would bet knockout of the night is coming out of this fight. I, I, my, my, my issue with it is I, I'm not over Greg Hardy, but I'm overseeing him in these right kind of big time fights, you right. know, for, for me, I look at Tai Tuivasa and like you said, he's a guy that like he, he goes out there, finishes, he's, he's 12 and three, he had three straight losses to start, uh, in the UFC. And then you got him against, uh, you know, a win against Stefan Struve and Hunsucker, another win last, uh, sorry, back in March. So you're getting up against a Greg Hardy who, you know, is coming off a loss, but for me, it feels like the UFC really wants to make uh, Greg Hardy a star. He put they put him in these spots on the main card. I feel like this a should former be NFLer, right? Like they want that attention if they can get it to right that this dual sport thing, and it just it doesn't seem to be there right now. No, exactly. You go back to all of these, you know, whether it was uh, CM Punk when they tried to make him a a UFC fighter, you go back to Brock Lesnar that whenever you have these crossover guys, they want to kind of take advantage of your name. Um, But a guy that's seven and three and he's coming off a loss and I think he's lost two of his last three. Um, Tai Tuivasa, like you said, this is going to be a big fight. It's going to be, you know, a banger for sure. Uh, But this should be like the final prelim fight of the night, you know, where Carlos Condit's fighting Max Griffin or, you know, maybe even the opening fight where Sean O'Malley's fighting Chris Mutino, but um, by all means, if you want to get on the no, eyes, no, you, you can't. You can't mess with that opening fight. That's that's fireworks to start the card. Yeah, Sean, you yeah. gotta leave that. Yeah, you gotta just, start strong. Yeah, I, I don't know if you see it that way, creature and Matt. Like I don't know, but it just it feels like we've been, uh, you know, ever since Greg Hardy has made this MMA uh, kind of crossover from the from the NFL. It's kind of like the UFC is like kind of always putting them in a good spot where, you know what, we'll give you a fight on a main card, the second or third fight right before the main event. So you get some eyeballs and we hope that he just kind of has this crazy knockout and makes a name for himself and kind of, Oh my gosh, do you get the NFL fans in here? I don't know. I'm just, I, that's where I feel with Greg Hardy. Creech, you feeling force fed a little bit with Greg Hardy or what are your thoughts on this fight? Well, the guy's six five two eighty, like, yeah. and, and he can throw a punch. He has knockout power. So like, oh, yeah. they want him to be a star. Um, plus there's obviously, you know, his background, there's, there's people that love him or love that hate him that love to see him get knocked out. So, um, I think there's still a little bit of that. I I will say like in his, in his defense, it appears as though he's improved a little bit when it comes to other aspects of his, of the fight game rather than just, just throwing punches. But, but still he, I don't take him too seriously. I, I don't (laughs) like him as a dude. Um, (laughs) But if there's two guys that are just going to throw haymakers and and you're probably looking at a knockout, then I have time for that. I don't. Right? I, I don't. Yeah, I don't <laughs> mind his position on the card. And, and if you see Greg Hardy get put to sleep, that that's not terrible, right? <laughs> uh, no, can't disagree or can't argue with that at all. Um, why don't we let uh, Why don't I let you guys take it next? What else is on your mind? You've both now. Uh, gotten pretty fired up for uh sugar sean um and and you both actually pumped his tires a couple times on this podcast before uh bunda why don't you take it first if, if that's another car or fight that you've got your uh, your eye on on this card or if you want to go somewhere else that's fine too but what else has piqued your interest here yeah uh no uh, hands down i like i said I, I might be more excited for that fight than i am the the conor mcgregor poirier fight uh, like uh, i love this guy just watching him in dana white's contender series you know seeing him have some of these highlight reel knockouts you know his last fight too he it, it was not controversial but he, he goes back to when he he thought he knocked a guy out and he's trying to have this you know walk-off knockout which you know he he did a couple fights earlier uh, uh where he he beat eddie wineland right at the you know with the, what just kind of a walk-off knockout then he lost to cheeto vera and, you know, he broke his foot in there and, and had to kind of, you know, fight on a broken foot and just kind of left it all out there, took the loss, uh, you know, went back, trained, got healthy. And against Almeida, he just kind of came out, you know, he came out swinging hard. He thought he had him at the end of the first round and he wasn't able to, you know, it was kind of the, all right, you walked away. Instead, you should have just jumped on the guy, finished him right there and you would have been done in the first round. Instead, he kind of got humbled. He went a couple more. He had to go all the way to the third fight, uh, third round and, you know, uh, almost right at the end of the fight. He gets the knockout and he gets that kind of fun. Um, you know, he, like I said, he was supposed to fight Luis Smoka, who had to step away. And now he, instead he's fighting a guy that uh, I don't know much about and Chris Mutino making his UFC debut. But a guy that uh, everyone keeps talking about is a very 
very much someone he should take seriously just because he's a scrapper and he's going to go out there and he's going to throw bombs too. He's going to try and wrestle and mess with Sean O'Malley. And, you know, Sean, Sugar Sean is just so good at mixing up his strikes and, and kind of coming with different looks. And, and for Chris Moutinho making his UFC degree, uh, uh, debut, you know, he, He's had a 15-year career in the NMMA. You know, he's nine and four, three strikeouts. Uh, sorry, three knockouts, uh, one submission win, and five decisions. So uh, I'm just curious to see if he. You know, I, I think the one thing everybody wants to see, and especially you know the trash talk that comes from other UFC fighters, is that someone wants to see Sugar Sean O'Malley start fighting some big time opponents and enough of these kind of Dana White contender series guys and, you know, old school kind of guys get in there and start fighting some of these top, uh, you know, top ten bantamweight fights. Creech, is that the uh, the next hi- highest uh, ranked one for you? That's the one you're looking forward to most next, or you got your eyes somewhere else? Yeah, no, I'm going to be boring and pick the same one. <laughs> uh, I, I know it, it sounds better if I target something else, but I, I've really been impressed with what the UFC does to start the main cards off on these big pay-per-views. They right. always get something, like they always get a good fight <laughs> with some fireworks or smash talking or knockouts. Yeah, like, man, before you put Bill job. Goldberg out there, you let Rey Mysterio go, right? Like, that's how you start the show. <laughs> oh, man. Yes, it's it's 10 o'clock. We're in Las Vegas, packed house. Yeah. It caught on a Conor McGregor night where the gambling's going to be going insane. The Irish are going to be going insane. Yes. Like it's going to be insane. And you're starting it off with Sugar Sean. Like that's how you start off an event. I, I so, so that's the one I'm excited about for sure. So and I can't wait to see Bruce Buffer announce that stuff. Let's go. Bruce is going to be fired. Oh, up. you know, gonna that's going to be up. amazing. Um, after this long, you know, it'd be 21,000 or whatever. It's going to be back at T-Mobile arena. Um, mm-hmm. it's going to be like nothing else there. We, we saw it a bit there in Arizona. Um, and that was fun crowd. It was fun. It was fun. Cause I wasn't in it. Um, but it was fun to have that backdrop at a fight again. I, I'm not ready to be back in that arena yet, but, uh, good for the rest of you if you are, uh, but Arizona is not Vegas on a fight night, right? And on a Conor McGregor yeah. fight night, um, this is going to be something special. So, uh, looking forward to that. Absolutely. Um, anything in the prelims, anything other than the ones that we've, uh, talked about Creech, we'll start with you that, uh, that you've kind of got an eye on here. Uh, I guess probably the fight that's, uh, going to conclude the prelims uh it's just carlos condit i he was he was a star in his prime and and obviously he's he's battled injury and and battled some some big time losses and and stuff since he was on top um but i've always kind of liked him so i'm rooting for him and i guess that would probably that'd probably be the one i'd have to go with yeah bunda yeah, I, I'm going to just bring up one guy, Ryan Hall. I um, don't know a lot about him. Just heard a good bit. Um, you know, he's been around the UFC for two fights. He's got a submission and a decision fight. Um, this is a guy that has been talked about as, you know, not the next, you know, star, but he's a, a featherweight guy to start kind of keeping an eye on. And so I kind of look at these guys and I try and figure out as much as I can about them. And he's fighting an undefeated guy. Um, I don't even know how to pronounce his name, but Ilya <laughs> Topura, I'll say he's 10 and 0. Um, so that's an eight one. Versus... Can you give that one to yeah. us again? Ilya Topura. At a point. I'd have to, I have to guess, but, uh, he's 10 and 0. <laughs> Sorry and if his family Ryan... is listening tonight. That's, uh, <laughs> it, yeah, yeah. Please don't, uh, throw a lawsuit at me, but, uh, there are two y- young featherweights that are kind of just trying to make a name for themselves. And yeah, they're out there, uh, very early in the UFC careers. And on the other side, as I quickly look up, uh, Topura, it's, you know, he's got a decision and a TKO. So this is one where these guys are trying to kind of climb the ladders and, you know, and Topura looks like a very cool, mean dude. I'm down to see how he can fight. Um, but two, uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu fighters here. So I'll throw that one out. It's in the, uh, the prelims, not the early prelims, but it, it's right there on the second fight of the prelim night that maybe might be one that's, uh, not getting enough attention and, and some young guys that could, you know, potentially just throw out a fight of the night, some, uh, some fight of the night, maybe knock out something like that. Let's, let's go. Let's open see, uh, we get some from Ryan Hall, Ryan Hall and Ilya Topura. All right. I, I like the obscure references here. I, I like that digging deep. Um, this is one of those ones that you're seeing a lot of the mainstream media, your ESPNs and, and stuff like that, talk about as the fight of the year, right? Or the, the show of the year, um, mainly on the back of the name of Conor McGregor. And we've sort of talked about whether or not that's still warranted or not. Do you get the sense, guys, from kind of looking around your social media, um, just watching the coverage for this? Is this going to do 
big time, what we would expect Connor McGregor reputation, you know, business to do, or is this, you know, do we maybe see it take a little bit of a step back, at least from his levels, um, just based on how he's done lately there, Bunda? Um, in terms of the full fight card or for Conor McGregor, this, this is big. Um, uh, you know, this is a desperate Conor McGregor kind of saving his name and, and his MMA career here. But, um, usually when you get these kind of Conor McGregor fight cards, there's not a lot on the bone. Like right. you look down at these matches and, you know, we're lucky to have some kind of big kind of name guys in this and, you know, Gilbert Burns and, and you know, Stephen Thompson there, um, in that co-main, but then you look at, like you said, you got tied to Ivasa versus Greg Hardy, two heavyweights right there. Um, I, I don't love it, but you know, it's, they're two guys that people know about and you're trying to kind of bring up, this is the point you bring those guys and you put them in that third hole. And so at least the potential the- is there for spectacular knockout, right? You might feel like you got your money's worth out of that, that card or that fight. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And like I said, Jigger Sean O'Malley, he's, he's a guy that's trying to get into that, you know, top 10 ranking and, you know, start getting some of these big fights. Uh, you know, he's fighting off, like I said, he was supposed to fight Louis Smoke and now he's fighting Chris Mutino, who's making a UFC debut. It's a guy that you got to kind of take seriously because you, you, this is your, your kind of big card. This is your, your eyeball card. He's had a couple of, you know, big time fights. He's had a couple of um, uh, you know, main event fights now, but this is the one where you need to be like, all right, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to prove that. Give me someone big. And this is huge for that. But then, like I said, a couple of the undercard uh, fights as well, just uh, a lot of these prove it fights. So it, it's a lot more littered with bigger, bigger names and fights than we would normally see in a Conor McGregor night, because, uh, this is, uh, you know, not one of the last chances Conor McGregor has by all means, you know, if he, if he loses, I'm sure he'll have a couple more and can find his way back up a ladder, but it might not be this year, maybe sometime late next year, depending on where he wants to go with his UFC career. Because once you get a couple losses in a row, you, you, you kind of get humbled and start thinking about where you want to go. And he's already been paid his money from his Floyd Mayweather fight. He's set for life with this family, what he, like he wanted. So for me, when you look at this card, from top to bottom it's a lot more uh, stacked than a normal conor mcgregor card so i'm hoping for a you know a big night uh, on saturday at t-mobile to t-mobile creech you think uh this one's got the the steam to attract the mainstream like it uh, like it used to for conor yeah i still think we're, we're there i still think uh the super super casuals uh will still tune in for a, a conor mcgregor pay-per-view uh from vegas sold out considering everything we've been through in, in the pandemic and seen so many sporting events with, with less than capacity crowds. I, I think that'll have it, but like, uh, honestly, like for us, there's, we've talked about a number of fights that are intriguing, but mm-hmm. if I'm a super casual and I'm looking at this roster, like I don't know any names probably like, I don't know who Gilbert Burns is and maybe, maybe Sean O'Malley. Um, but, but Conor McGregor himself will, will be able this, to make yeah. it just fine. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I agree, guys. I think I, I'm not sure I agree that this is going to be, you know, card of the year. Um, and I'm not even sure up until a week or two ago, I would have said this was going to be card of the summer when I thought we were going to get Francis Ngannou on 265, where Amanda Nunez was also going to be fighting. To me, that looked like the more interesting card of the summer. And then things kind of get jumbled around there. There's going to be an interim heavyweight title fight instead. Um, you know, some of the shine goes, yeah, some of the shine goes off that a little bit off that card. Um, so I think this will be big. I still think Conor McGregor, uh, has that drawing power. I'm not sure it'll be where he, you know, often is, but I I still think probably better than most would be uh, my expectation. I, I, I gotta be honest. I'm not hearing as much about it in the mainstream media. Um, but maybe that's just, you know, Oh, that's a good point. Maybe right now we, you know, we've we've still got the NBA playoffs going on later than we normally do. The Stanley Cup playoffs going on later than we normally do. Um, you know, there's a lot happening that, that that maybe is distracting the media a little bit away from what this card normally would have drawn for attention. Um, but I do think at the end of the day, you know, on Saturday you're flipping around on Sports Center, whatever. Oh shit, yeah, that's tonight. You know, I I do think Connor is one of those guys that would that would bring in the last minute buy that, yeah, you know what? Why don't we throw that on? Why don't we see what's going on? So, uh, that'll be interesting. Um, yeah, I, I don't know guys. 
Go ahead, Bunda. Sorry, just just on that, Matt. And, and I think there is going to be that, like Creech said uh, before, when he was talking about Conor McGregor. It's the, there's going to be a lot of people tuning in now to realize, oh my God, he's fighting the guy that knocked him on the second round. Mm-hmm. Let's see if he can get knocked out again. The people that hate Conor yeah. McGregor are going to tune in. Those to people see if he are gets knocked out again. See if he can kind of get buried and kind of there he goes. All right, no more. The Conor hate McGregor. watch we is powerful. This loudmouth Irishman, right? <laughs> like there's, I think there's going to be that extra. You know what? Let's watch that. Let's see if he's done. No, I think that's a good point too. The hate watch is uh, is strong, right? Lots of people get into that, so um, that'll sell fights as much as anything else. People love a good heel, so um, yeah, I, I'm interested, guys. Just in in kind of you know we've touched on it before, but a few more of these have gone on. We just saw you know Logan Paul versus Floyd Mayweather in an exhibition and this this thriller stuff, this celebrity boxing. Um, Act like you love it, Matt. I I just oh, I just. Um, Who's the next, you know, we've already heard some rumors. We've heard, you know, guys come up. Who's the next UFC guy that hasn't yet been announced that might be right on that bubble if you were to predict that they might throw enough money at to go, yeah, I could see that guy getting into the world of celebrity boxing. Is there a name on the tip of the tongue for either of you guys that, that you think this guy is right there in danger of falling in? Or That's my own projection. Maybe it's not in danger of, but that might be up for doing something like this. Why don't you go first there, Creech? I, I'm not going to give you a name, but I'll just say it'll be somebody that's either washed or <laughs> does, doesn't throw bombs. Right. Like, come on. come i don't know i hate this stuff and like like ben askren really yeah ben askren take her there bunda what do you think yeah i actually thought it was interesting when we heard the reports that uh, you know gsp was trying to uh, have one of these fights oh no don't do it george (laughs) yeah but the ufc blocked them from doing it really said you know what yeah the ufc said no like you you walked away after you signed a UFC contract and you had, you kind of came out of retirement. Mm-hmm. You beat the middleweight champion at the time and, and, and you just walked away after you had the belt and it kind of upset Dana. So yep. he kind of just said, and I can't remember who he was. He was supposed to fight. It, it might've been not Manny Pacquiao, but he was supposed to fight somebody. And, and he, he said that the UFC squashed that. So that, that kind of surprised me. I don't know if that makes, makes him someone that's right there, but you know what? I, I look at a couple guys that in terms of big name, uh, I'm not sure. But, you know, depending on what happens here with the, uh, the Derek Lewis, uh, you know, mm. the black beast, if, uh, you know, Derek Lewis loses to Cyril Gaon, um, coming up here in this interim title fight, not that he's, you know, washed up or anything like that, but he seems like a guy that doesn't seem to be very interested very much in the well-rounded UFC game or the mixed martial arts game. I'm curious to see if he kind of just rides off into the sunset and just has a couple more of these boxing fights. So if you want me to just throw out a random sure. name and guess, I'll throw out, uh, the black beast, Derek Lewis. Yeah, you know what? That's a name I hadn't uh, hadn't considered. I I don't know what I'm supposed to make of these things. Like I I saw the same <laughs> video clips everybody else did, where at times it looked like Floyd was holding the guy up. It reminded me of that episode of The Simpsons where Homer was having to guarantee that he lasted three rounds against uh, Dredderick Tatum. Right? Totally. <laughs> so I promise to get you through this. I'm just going to carry you through it. Um, it, it, it looks to me like pro wrestling and God love these guys, whatever they're making money. People are buying it. People are watching it. Um, I can't fault them for that, but to me, it's very pro wrestling. It's very, and actually, uh, as I say that this is, uh, as we sit here and record this guys, the 23 year anniversary of Bill Goldberg defeating Hulk Hogan for the world title in the, uh, Georgia dome back in uh, 98, a big moment for WCW before they went under. So, but that's what these things remind me of, right? Is, and maybe that's the guy, maybe Bill Goldberg will fight Logan Paul. Like I, why not? At, at some point, just, they don't want real boxers. Like I know Floyd Mayweather is a real boxer, but anyone who thought Floyd was going to go in there and just knock this guy out and embarrass him on his own show. I'm sure that was not part of the deal, right? Like, that's um. I, I didn't tune in for a second at that event. Like I, yeah. I watched the Askren one, but it was more from a, oh my god, this is so this is a train wreck, and and I'm gonna continue watching because it's so bad. But the Mayweather one, I'm like, I don't care. Like right. I, like I, that was so predictable that yeah. that's how it was gonna play out. That I just I had no interest whatsoever. Didn't watch it. Yeah, I, I ended up watching it at a discount rate. That um, yeah, but it was more of a, you know, I wanted to see what Floyd Mayweather was going to do and hearing him kind of tee it up and, and see it and hearing him speak after the fight talking about, 
you know, I said I retired from boxing, but I never retired from making money. <laughs> Seeing him talk about, um, you know, this is something I did just to come out. Like, he came out of retirement to make $300 million, pretty much. He, he admitted, like, a guy that's walked around with a million dollars in a, in a suitcase and, you know, 15 guys, he's buying all of his crew, Ferraris or Lam- whatever they want. Mm-hmm. And, you know, all the money he wants, he came out to just... You know, help this guy out, this YouTube star, which, and I read, and I'm, I'm, it's probably more of a conspiracy theory than anything, but they're just trying to give these guys, these Logan Paul and Jake Paul brothers, you know, some some kind of a platform here. Fight some of these big guys. Tyron Woodley, he's fighting, you know, Jake yeah. Paul. Um, or, or, or Yeah, it is Jake Paul. Yep. Um, and that, I don't know how that's going to go. I You know, for Tyron Woodley, he's really fallen off uh, ever since he, he lost uh, to... Um, Kamaru Usman, but mm-hmm. when you when you go back through and you see the way he's lost his last couple of fights, like the guys don't want to round, and it's it's bad. So uh, you know the the conspiracy theory is that these guys are going to get a lot of platform and a lot of hype to then fight each other, and then turn that into a trilogy uh, okay. fight, um, and, and kind of make some money there. Um, which I'm not sure how much I buy it, but just in terms of opponents and who these guys are going to fight, because there's not a lot of appeal there unless you're going to go in there. And if Floyd Mayweather went in and knocked one of them out, it's over. And yep. you're not making money off these guys. He went out there and he said, look, I won't knock you out. I'll come out there. We'll spar. We'll have some fun. I'll bet on myself to go the distance with you. That's why there was that <laughs> whole uh, dynamic. You couldn't bet on it if there wasn't KOs. And if he, if he went eight rounds, it was the, the highest kind of odds to make the most money. And well, what does Floyd Mayweather do? He makes money. So yeah. I saw the whole idea around it, and it's kind of like, all right, you know, and I'll tune into these things just to see how it's going. I'm not going to be making sure I pay full dollar for it to uh, or anything sure. like that. Free 99? Yeah. <laughs> What's that? Free 99? Yeah, free 99, pretty sure. Uh, but it's just something that it's like, all right, but, you know, when I read that conspiracy theory about, uh, you know, they're just trying to tee themselves up and have a, a you know, a Jake Paul versus Logan Paul fight, I thought, you know what, this kind of makes some sense now, so we'll see how it goes. Well. And if that is their end game, they may actually be good businessmen because I might watch them both get punched in the face. <laughs> like a promise. You won't where, commit, right? Yeah, <laughs> one of them is getting knocked, or, you know, beaten here. They're both getting punched in the face at the same time. I have some interest in that. I, I could stand to watch that. So, um, if, although again, if it's supposed to be a Jake Paul, Logan Paul trilogy, I'm probably not watching the first two, right? Because you know that's going to be rigged as shit, too. So that's the way yeah. these things Some, go. Someone's following, then someone's following, and then, yes. okay, well, let's see who wins this one. Exactly. So, um, yeah, you know what? It, I, I'm blown away. I get it. Not everything's for me, right? If, if you're one of these people who, who loves this stuff, good on you. I'm blown away at how big this has gotten. And it just indicates what an old man I'm quickly becoming, how out of touch. I Before these fights, I didn't know who these guys were, right? And I know they're huge on YouTube. I don't know for what. Like right now, I still don't know what their deal is. But enough people know them that they're making major cash on this. And who's really the fool at that point? The two of them that are raking in this money or me sitting here going, oh, this stinks, right? So um, I don't get it. I don't understand it, but it's huge. And I'm blown away it's gotten this big this fast, so... It's intriguing to see how the you know this stuff comes about and and also to see where it goes to right now and and how it's so big like you said and how they can make so much money and like I said when I read that kind of storyline I'm like hmm I wonder if this is true because if so we do look silly but you know what good for them on being able to yep. do something like this so uh, and you know there there are some guys that you know just dabbled into boxing when they were growing up and and YouTube stars that you know put themselves into mainstream media and then people are starting to buy it and then some of these you know, washed up UFC guys are like, you know what? Well, I'll go slap the taste out of their mouth. And sure, like uh, Creech said, Ben Askren, train wreck, and you know, Tyron Woodley. I, I don't know what's going on here, uh, but you know, for God's sakes, you know, knock them out. I don't know. <laughs> um, we'll wind this one down there. I don't know how I steered us away from legitimate uh, top end fighting competition to this train wreck towards the end, but uh. I'll wear that. Uh, I, I'm responsible for that. Um, Creech, hit us with the uh, the social media handles there. Where can people follow you? You can follow me at Creech underscore on Twitter. And yeah, that's uh, that's about it. Bunda? Yeah, at uh, TSN1200Bunda. So, and, and thanks again, uh, Maddie. I appreciate uh, you having us on. Once again, it's always fun to drink beer and uh, talk uh, <laughs> fighting. I love it. 
Yeah. Um, well, thank you for hooking us up with the beers, man. This is on you tonight. So, uh, we appreciate that for sure. And, and we look to be rapidly approaching a place where we'll be able to start doing these, uh, in studio again, where, where we typically provide the beers. We got a, a studio keg fridge set up in here. We normally have something on craft on tap and then whatever else. That's in the super fridge. cool. Yeah. This, I can't, yeah. I can't spell no, if you're going to ask me to come in. Exactly, man. Sure. This is, uh, this is not a mainstream studio, right? We have some, some bonus features around here. So, uh, really appreciate you guys as always making the time to break down this one. And, uh, certainly we'll, we'll do it again. And hopefully by the time, um, the next one rolls around, we will be able to do it in person, but, uh, if not, we'll, we'll ride it out. We'll get to that point. So, uh, thank you very much, Bunda and Creech. Really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem, man. Uh, and appreciate it again, Matt. And enjoy the card, man. And let's go. I uh, can't wait to see what happens with uh, Conor McGregor. Let's see what you do when your back's up against the wall. And uh, again, let's go Sugar Shot O'Malley. Nice. Yeah, thanks for inviting us uh, for to tee up all these uh, events. It's always cool. And my favorite part of visit, and when we're all drunk on Saturday night at midnight, we're sending group chats about uh, what's just happened, what's just unfolded. That's my favorite part of it all. I like that I'm pestering Creech, and he's already made it clear that he likes to be left alone when he's uh, watching the fights, and I'm still just firing direct messages at you guys into no, the void, I, right? So it's, I don't, I don't mind the chit chat. I just, I just don't pull my phone out often. Like yeah. I'm, I'm not tweeting about what I see. Right. Uh, so I'm just slow to react. To if you're like, <laughs> if you have a question for me and I'm watching it, it might take me an hour to get to my phone. <laughs> Uh, it's more to just point out how uh, wrong we are whenever we talk about these fights. Right? Honestly, Matt, man, sure. honestly, I, I've, I can't <laughs> tell you how many times I've thrown down a ridiculous take on one of these preview shows and then had it, uh, blow up in my face in front of me, but you're right. It's fun guys. It's fun to be able to do this, uh, on the show and then kind of chat throughout and, and see how things actually, uh, pan out. So, uh, really glad that you guys have become kind of a regular part of teeing up these, uh, these fights and, and these big cards, uh, during the fight week. So thank you once again. Um, we will wind this one down there. That has been Tall Can Audio number 851. We are on Twitter and Instagram at Tall Can Audio. Subscribe wherever you're listening right now. The archives are all at tallcanaudio.com. We will see you all next time. Now, if y'all ain't got nothing else for me to drink, I'm a haul ass. No, I'm serious. I'm about to haul ass if y'all have no better shit than this to drink. Thanks for listening. You can get more TCA at tallcanaudio.com or by searching Tall Can Audio on your favorite podcast app.